Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric on this beautiful Monday morning. Thank you very much for joining us today. You know, we talk a lot about the lies that we're told. It's the whole point of this podcast, right? Facts versus rhetoric. Rhetoric is just the bullshit that they're telling you. And it's not lost on me that I may sound like a crazy person, right? I, I hear myself, right? When, I, when I'm constantly telling you that they are lying and I know I may come off like a crazy person and maybe that's why they, maybe that's what they're hoping. And I know some people are turned off by the prospect that everything's broken, right? And everyone knows and everyone's just lying about it because that means everyone's against you, right? Everything that you thought you knew is wrong. And that's an uncomfortable place for people to be. And that's a tough pill to swallow. And I'm not, that's not lost on me. And maybe perhaps a better way to look at this is that everyone's trying to sell you something. Maybe not everyone, but let's like look at a, bit, a big business as an example. Say I had a product that I wanted to sell you, right? And if I have endless money, I can spend millions of dollars on advertising. I can pay people, quote-unquote, influencers to promote my product without really disclosing that I'm paying them to do so, right? You remember on the TV, like this is a paid advertisement, a paid program? Right? That shit's not, on, it's not online, when influencers go on and tell you to buy a product or to get this shot or to do this, do that, you don't know if they're being paid, right? In most cases, they are. And you just think like, holy shit, they really believe in this. And this is someone I look up to because they're really good at acting or sports. And suddenly, I should pay attention to their social commentary. So you pay the influencers. You know, that I would buy up some advertising, right? Some on-air advertising on TV and radio. Because that does two things, right? That gets the message out. But it also buys some goodwill and some positive coverage from the media source. You, you don't speak critically of a sponsor. You know, you'll lose them and any other potential sponsor ever advertising on your site. And your existence is predicated on advertising dollars. And then maybe I call my big tech friends and say, hey, uh, I, need, I need help censoring any negative content or discourse about this product. In, in addition, maybe I get the people online to start demonizing any individual group that tries to point out that my product may have issues. And what does that get me? Well, that gets me sales, baby. So many sales, because there's no bad reviews. There's, you know, Hollywood telling you that it's cool to buy my shit. The news is telling you that it's safe and effective, so you buy, buy my shit. And you're never going to hear anyone talk bad about it on those reputable news sites. Yeah, so you get a few tinfoil hat guys, you know, on Substack talking shit, but they're easily dismissible. Because they don't have uh, a proper platform, right? So multiply that times all the products that the companies are trying to sell you. And then plus add in all the ideas and the narratives that the politicians are trying to sell you. If you look at it like that, it, you know, it's not that far-fetched to come to the realization that most of the time everyone is lying to you for their monetary gain or political gain. And also, the other thing to keep in mind is very simple. Simple reason for this is... There's no money in telling the truth. Telling the truth doesn't make you money. Telling the truth doesn't get you elected. Telling the truth doesn't get you reelected. There's no profit motive in telling the truth. So who's, who's going to sponsor that independent journalist that reports truthfully on everything? Right? Who's going to spend the money to advertise on their channel when the on-air personalities could hold you accountable and, and hold your products accountable? You know, my motive 
is trying to find out the truth and communicating the other side of the issues that you're being spoon-fed lies about. Right? The only way things are going to get better is if we stop accepting the lies. And I've reached my breaking point with that. I am no longer accepting the bullshit and just going along to get along. I'm tired of being lied to. It's an insult to my intelligence. I'm tired of my quality of life being decimated. I'm tired of people being okay with the bullshit because it's affecting me and my family and it's affecting you and your family. You know, I wouldn't care if your ignorance only affected you, but unfortunately the collective dumb fuckery is allowing this shit to continue. I'm not trying to profit from a product. You know, in fact, I'm actually spending my own time and money to help point out that we need to be better informed and more opposed to the lies, right? My motives are truth and knowledge, not money. So keep that in mind when we go through today's podcast and at any time in the future, when the person trying to sell you something tells you one thing, and then the person who isn't trying to sell you something tells you the exact opposite. While, while, while providing facts and, and trying to engage in a good faith debate on the subject. Today, I wanted to look at the economy, the inflation, and just give you the facts versus rhetoric, right? I've been on this inflation topic for a long time, and I'll be on it for the foreseeable future because they continue to lie about it. People are still falling for it. Inflation is the expansion of the money supply, period. Definition, that's the definition. Inflation is the expansion of the money supply. The rising prices, they're a symptom of inflation. That's not what causes the inflation, right? Printing money and deficit spending cause inflation. That's it. We are currently suffering from historically high inflation today because we've had historic money printing and deficit spending since the great financial crisis of 2008 and nine. The cost of our government is higher than the tax revenue we bring in to pay for it. It's, it's so simple. Government has to print the money to subsidize the government. And it's not a Republican or a Democrat issue. It happens to be blowing up on the Democrats' watch, but they're both guilty of it. And this spans many administrations. You know, we need to be able to make the connection in our heads in real time when we're listening to them lie to us that our government spending is the only thing that creates the inflation in our country, right? Despite everyone's best efforts, you know, we cannot blame a leader of another country for the problems in our country. In fact, I remember what Joe Biden told me when he was running for office in 2020. I remember that tweet on May 1st, 2020, when he said, quote, we have lived long enough with a president who does not think he's accountable to anyone and takes responsibility for nothing. That's not me. As a presidential candidate, I'm accountable to the American people, end quote. And then that awesome tweet from June 4th of 2020 from Joe Biden, quote, it's hard to believe that this needs to be said, but unlike this president, I'll do my job and take responsibility. I won't blame others, and I'll never forget that the job isn't about me, it's about you, end quote. And then a few months later, on August 16th, 2020, Joe Biden tweeted, quote, here's my promise to you. If I'm elected president, I will always choose to unite rather than divide. I'll take responsibility instead of blaming others. I'll never forget that this job isn't about me, it's about you. 
end quote. Well, we have an inflation problem in our country. It's the most worried about issue, according to the citizens. When we ask, what are you most worried about? The number one answer is inflation. And the rhetoric you're hearing from the great accountable Joe, hey, he's cutting the deficit, so inflation can't be his fault. The economy is strong, and we're best prepared to fight inflation. Personal finances are strong. We've created the most jobs. This job market's so tight. American families have less debt and more savings than when I took office. And then you get to see the president on his first interview in 100 days uh, last week on Jimmy Kimmel, where he says, quote, inflation is the bane of my existence, end quote. And then he says, quote, inflation is just in food and gas prices, end quote. And then he goes on to blame Putin, the greedy companies, the drug companies, the big corporations that don't pay enough taxes, foreign-owned shipping companies, greedy oil companies, the greedy oil companies. I, I, I got to spend a quick second on this. So the greedy oil companies are refusing to drill for oil, okay? So it's that those are the keeping supply down to keep the price up. That's what he's saying. What sense does that make? The only way these greedy oil companies make money is to drill the fucking oil out of the ground and sell it at these prices. That's the only way they make money. But he's telling you that, you know, they're refusing to drill to keep the supply down. That's not how business works, Joe. I know you've been in government your whole life and you have no concept of how business works, but whatever. And then he gives a speech in California and, you know, we've never seen anything like this. The Putin tax. And he claimed he's doing everything in his power to fight the Putin price hikes. He's working diligently day and night on bringing down the price of food and gas. You know, last week when he was pressed on it, he said there's nothing he can do about inflation. It's up to the Federal Reserve and he'll let them fix it without his interference. Right. You see, it's just all over the place. It's like that little saying, one lie leads to another, right? It's fucking Putin. Well, there's nothing I can do about it. It's, it's all BS. Quote, I'll take responsibility instead of blaming others. End quote. The price gouging. He's all, this is what it is. All these big companies are price gouging. Listen, just think about this for one quick second. I know that makes sense to you. And you can just be like, yeah, they're, they're, they're gouging. But just think about this for one quick second. If companies can gouge their customers and get away with it, then why don't they do that all the time, right? Why would these companies wait until 2022 to gouge their customers? See, that makes no sense, okay? Companies are not gouging their customers. They're responding to their higher costs of doing business. The inflation has created higher costs for everybody. Fuel is going up, wages are going up, insurance is going up, office supplies are going up. Fucking interest rates, everything's going up. So, right, your cost to run a business is up. Therefore, you need to charge more money for your product. That's business 101. So next time someone says price gouging, ask them if they're consciously gouging prices, why don't they do that all the time? And the answer to that is because there is a free market, there is competition. If I have a competitor that's price gouging, I will lower my price to get the market share and to steal his customers. That's why everyone that sells the same product is pretty close in price. If you start to get too high and gouge and try to take advantage of a situation, your competition will steal your fucking customers. All right, so we just covered the bullshit. Now let's get to the facts. Just like with the accountable Joe tweets, 
Having a good memory helps you keep your sanity in a world of ever-changing goalposts, and that's by design. They want you to think you're crazy. They want you to give up. And let's not forget how we got here, right? Hey, the inflation target's 2%. Well, we're over 2%. Oh, well, well, that's okay. We've been under 2% for so long, so it's okay if we're higher than 2%. We just need to average 2% over the long haul. Okay, let's change inflation target 2% to we should average 2% over time. Okay. Hey, inflation's 4%. We're double the average. That's okay. It's temporary. Dare I say transitory. That should buy us a few months, right? Don't pay any attention to the fact that we're three times higher than the target because it's only temporary. And saying it's only temporary is saying that we don't have to worry about it because it's just going to fix itself. After we solve the supply chain bottlenecks, COVID, freaking Trump and racism, it's just going to come down on its own. So we don't have to do anything. So don't worry. Well, it's clearly not transitory. I mean, it would have been, but you know, fucking Russia. Well, in March, inflation was 8.5%, and then April came down to 8.3%. All right. Well, all right. Now changing the narrative. We have seen our peak inflation. We peaked in March because April was 0.2% less. So the worst is over, and we're on the way down. So no need to panic. Whoops. The May CPI just came out. 8.6%. Shit. Do you see how the excuses are just there to buy them time? Right, The goalposts keep moving because they can't do anything about this enormous problem that they created. Right, They being government, government being everybody, not red, blue, just everybody. That's what they're telling you. Yet, let's take a look at the economic data that just came out last week. Right, So the May CPI, that's the Consumer Price Index, that's how they measure inflation. The May CPI, month over month, rose 1%. When you get a month-over-month -month number, if you multiply that by 12, you have the annualized rate over a year. So if we extrapolated May out for a year, that would be 12% inflation. Yikes. When they say year-over-year -year CPI, that's the last 12 months annualized, and we're at 8.6%. More good news, the University of Michigan Consumer Sediment Index. This is something that has been tracking consumer sediment since 1978. It's at 50.2. Now, that number doesn't mean shit to me or you other than the fact that's the lowest it's ever been. So that's telling you that consumers have never been more pessimistic than they are today. So they're more pessimistic today than in 1980 when we had 13% inflation and 20% interest rates. They're more pessimistic now than in 1981 and 82 when we had the worst recession since the Great Depression at that point. They're more pessimistic now than 1990 and 91, that recession. They're more pessimistic now than the 2001 recession that followed the dot-com bubble. You know, people got wiped out because they put their life savings in pets.com but they're more pessimistic now than then. They're more pessimistic now than in 2008 when the global financial crisis hit and the housing prices crashed. People lost all their home equity in their homes. And that led us to the Great Recession, worse than the 81-82 recession, worst recession since the Great Depression. People were still not as pessimistic as they are today. Even in 2020, when we had fucking lockdowns and a recession and it looked like it was gonna be the end of the world, people are more pessimistic now than then. Other awesome economic news, our weekly mortgage applications are down 6.5%. Our weekly mortgage purchases are down 5.1%.
Our weekly refinancing is down 5.6%. Our mortgage demand is the lowest level in 22 years. And what does that tell us? Well, like we've covered before, this will lead to layoffs in the mortgage service sector, right? We don't need these people writing mortgages if no one can get a mortgage cheaper than what they already have. Everyone has a mortgage rate lower than 5.9% for a 30-year rate. You're going to start seeing home building layoffs. You know, they're not going to keep building homes if people can't afford to fucking buy them. Less houses on the market because people can't get a rate lower than their current one. People's only asset now is their 3% mortgage rate. That's going to really hurt that industry. And that industry is a great canary in the coal mine, right? You get unemployment claims. They were expecting 210,000. We get 229,000. That's the most since January 2022. So you're starting to see the rise of unemployment. Let's be absolutely clear about why prices are high now. They're high for two reasons. One was COVID. Right. COVID created higher prices. No. The government created higher prices during COVID. Nick, the government can't control supply. You're right. But they can control the monetary policy during a time when supply was dwindling. We headed into COVID lockdowns. Production was down. Supply was down. And the Fed increased demand instead of reducing it like they should have. You remove the excess money and you slow demand down. So a little supply and demand lesson. If supply goes down and we lower demand with it, then the prices stay in equilibrium. But what happened is the Fed and every other central bank did the opposite. As supply went down, they increased demand. They gave us stimulus money. They kept interest rates low. They kept printing money. They traded the future inflation problem to delay the recession problem because that's what politicians do. And that's what they can get away with if we don't know what they're doing. Remember what Joe Biden said, quote, I'll take responsibility instead of blaming others. Now, second big reason for inflation is Vladimir Putin and gas prices. Not a joke. We've seen the price of gas go up over a dollar just since he put his troops on the border, on the border of Ukraine. The world took notice. The market anticipated. Prices went up. And then Putin invaded. Make no mistake, the current spike in gas prices is largely the fault of Vladimir Putin. It has nothing to do with the American rescue plan. Quote, I'll take responsibility instead of blaming others. End quote. As long as you let them lie to you, then inflation will never be addressed properly. That's the whole point of why I'm doing this. It's why we talk about this so often. Your hard-earned money is being purposely devalued because the politicians can't spend within their budget. Because government costs money. The more entitlement programs that you want, the more free shit that you vote for, that they promise you, the more free shit that you vote for, the bigger and more expensive the government becomes. We have a spending problem. You cannot fix a spending problem by more spending. Really don't mind if you sit this one out. My words but a whisper, deafness, a shout. I may make you feel, but I can't make you think 
Your sperm's in the gutter, your love's in the sink. So you ride yourselves over the fields and you make all your animal deals and your wise men don't know how it feels. To be thick as a brick. <laughs> 